guest, Barbara Ann. very good day welcome to our listeners it is europe calling and our date is the 23rd of january 2023 is our year and our weather is a bit nippy to say to say the very least today Okay, so Neil isn't with us for the next couple of weeks because uh, of his commitments, and he'll be back with us, uh, well, I think about five or six weeks from now. So, without any further ado, let me introduce to you uh, Barbara Ann. Very good day. Welcome to you, Barbara Ann. Thank you, Vince. Welcome, everybody. And um, how's the weather for you? Do you like it a bit colder this time of the year? Uh, Well... We can't really complain because um, we've had it beautiful. I mean, the last few weeks have been exceptionally warm. So we're down to about uh, five or six, I think. But the sun is shining and the blue sky. So uh, we just wrap up and it's only going to last a few days, I think. And that's all. Okay, so uh, let's see. We've got plenty to talk about as ever. Let me get to the first story as we'll go. Taking a headline from today's papers, some 36 million people living in households that get more from the government than they pay in tax, according to a study by Civitas. The findings are based on the most recent official data from 2020-2021 and reflect the huge support put in place by ministers to keep the country going during lockdown. Um, We're talking, of course, about the UK. That's what we do on this particular podcast. And um, we're reflecting this particular uh, strange time in the UK. The estimates include the amount of individuals received from benefits in kind, such as the use of the NHS and state education, as well as pensions for people who had contributed through their working lives. It does not take into account... Uh, the massive furlough scheme, but the level will also have been affected by the dramatic fall in earnings for millions reducing tax bills. MPs warned that the huge government support provided during the COVID pandemic could have changed the psyche of the country. I don't know about you, I think a lot of what has been going on is actually to do with changing the psyche of the country. And I think that uh, that is one way that you might like to um, manifest it. But uh, let's see what you think. Well, as you know, we're we're living in Spain and uh, we know a lot of people, uh, all different nationalities that had businesses and they really didn't get any help from uh, the Spanish government. So really England was so lucky to uh, be carrying on getting, you know, a percentage of their wage, um, uh, living at home, working from home. And it must have cost an absolute fortune for the government. But all, you know, it was all good for them. But they've got to pay it back somehow, haven't they? I mean, you can't just keep uh, giving someone a wage for not doing their job. So um, I I, I don't know. I I think uh, the government did a good job and I think now they're, they're uh, paying for it because people are so used to uh, getting a certain amount of money uh, without really going to work. Well, I, I've said for many years now that I believe what really is happening is it's an attack on the, um, should we say, the work ethic of the United Kingdom. It's attack of the way of life. I think that there are very, very sinister forces uh, behind this. Uh, obviously, I'll never know. 
because unfortunately we do know that there are very, very select groups of people who go and meet, uh, for example, this week in Davos. Um, and they'll be telling us all what we should be doing about saving uh, the planet and uh, the carbon footprint and everything else. Uh, they'll all be flying in on their private jets and probably driving gas-guzzling cars as they go to and from their meetings. However, um, I think that part of what's been going on for many years now is that the UK has been under a constant attack by these groups who want to uh, take away the strength of Great Britain in general, the United Kingdom in particular, and I think also England in particular, because that's where obviously the majority of the people are found. I just feel that the whole thing is about taking little bits at a time. You know, have a go at the monarchy this week. Also, we have about four or five days constant attack on the monarchy. Um, I'm not a monarchist, but I can see it. Um, we have um, an attack on the police force because obviously they're the people that are likely to keep law and order. So we see a constant stream of stories through the press and the TV about the um, these terrible policemen. And they are awful, the ones that they get caught. But what they should be looking at is the supervisors and the people that are supposed to check these people and make sure they're doing the right job. Uh, then we go to the teachers. And now um, we've, we've found another way of doing it. So in comes people um, who can actually work more from home um, and make more money than going in and doing a decent job and socialising and discussing the problems and the likes of things that maybe I've just been speaking about. Do I make any sense to you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's all very well um, in the short term uh, when there's a pande pl pandemic, sorry. Um, but it went on and on and on. I mean, I don't think anybody in, in the world expected it to be so so, so massive um, or the, um, the powers that be made it massive um, to frighten us all, as you know. Um, but... Um, there's, lot, there's lots of things, isn't there, really? England is well known for um, unemployment benefits, social benefits and things like that. But if the cost of living is going up and up and up, how do they expect someone that's maybe living on maybe three, two kids, say two kids minimum, and £200 a week? It sounds a lot, but by the time they pay their gas, their electricity, their food... Um, and maybe uh, going to work, petrol, all those have gone up absolutely out of the roof. But the person doing it is still getting only £200 a week. I just don't know how some families are actually coping. I mean, these food banks, I've never in my life, when my mum was a single mum, three kids, um, we never went to food banks. I mean, it's just... I, unheard of in in my lifetime and now it's sort of uh, accepted that people go and have handouts well when you say it's unheard of it probably wasn't unheard of it's just that we haven't had tv this uh, demon box in the corner of the room in everybody's house yeah but it's uh, everywhere vince isn't yeah it? i agree with uh, agree with what you're saying but i think that we probably did experience things i mean we certainly had rationing Till 1954 and people do forget that you know uh, that, that there had been a war and you couldn't get certain things and life was very very different and where people talk about poverty now as if you know um, not having a sort of the latest um, iPhone or something like that is poverty um, it isn't poverty you know a poverty is probably nearer the people that have gone, gone through many years of their life not having a, a decent uh, toilet inside the house, which many of us went through without feeling we were badly done to. No, we, well, we just accepted things like that, like an inside. I can remember having a, an outside toilet, sorry, and we changed our, what we call, used to call the box room, which was the smallest room in the house upstairs. It was a massive thing to have a bath and a toilet inside. And I was about uh, six or seven when that happened. 
But I just accepted the fact that we went outside to go to the loo, which is uh, would be unheard of in these day in this day and age. But um, as I say, you know, how do the government expect the general population to survive? Pensioners um, are on the set wage. Uh, people in general are on set wages, but all the costs are all going up. Let's just go to what that article was saying in the paper. 36 million people live in households that get more from the government than uh, they pay in tax. So, uh, in other words, something weird is going on whereby if you're going to be paid uh, enough money or more money for not working hard enough, then obviously the work ethic eventually has got to go. And if it talks about changing the psyche of the people, well... You know, we've just come through uh, very, very sad times. The Duke of Edinburgh died. We get all sorts of massive figures of a fortune that stays in the royal family. Uh, Then, sadly, the Queen dies, and the same thing happens. Uh, So we lose reality when you keep hearing these billions and trillions and figures that nobody really understands anymore. But... just last one, as I um, have often said to lots of people, uh, I would say a majority of pensioners, and I'm talking people over 65, who some are still working and, and getting their benefit, yes, uh, put up with it and uh, manage. But when you get, uh, and I'm not getting at anyone in particular, but when you get people that haven't been in work for whatever reason, usually uh, there isn't jobs or they don't want the job, or... In many cases, as we know, uh, we have uh, acquaintances, not friends, but acquaintances that say, it's not worth me going to work because I get more money on the dole with three kids or two kids. Why go to work? And that's what the, um, the thing of England is when people come over, they get money for basically doing nothing and also not paying any taxes uh, contributing to the country. It's got to stop or it's got to be sort of looked at because the the government or people aren't making it worthwhile to work if they're getting X amount of money per week. Why bother going to work? Which is why my suggestion is that there's a force to try and uh, break the work ethic, the Protestant work ethic that we all grew up with. And it doesn't help the children seeing their parents not working but still, you know, getting money from the government. It doesn't give them any incentive. Okay, change of topic. All items in the UK press, and this one is about a climate activist now. And this particular person laid bare the waste problem ravaging the UK after she found one trashed disposable vape per minute of walking around Dundee. So we're talking about up in Scotland. We're looking at somebody who obviously must have been out walking in the streets and found uh, that these um, vaping things, which uh, I don't, I've never used, so I, I really just don't like the sort of things that they stand for. I don't smoke and have smoked. Um, but these are littered everywhere, according to Laura Young. Now, this lady is one of these influencers, which um, means that obviously she's got people that listen to what she says and embarked uh, on her journey with the dog to see how many she would stumble upon. Um, now, after four miles and just over an hour of walking, She ended up with 55 of the devices. They were in various states of disrepair and some even still had the light on with vapour still coming out. So, uh, yes, this is important. In a Twitter thread outlining her results, Laura also warned that she didn't rummage through the rubbish-filled foliage and only stuck to one side of the road, meaning the real figure could be and probably will be significantly higher than 55. Anyway, uh, they're calling her an activist. So um, she pointed out that she found most of the vapes just off the pavement by the curb and has personally seen people throwing them over the, the car window. So what are these things? These are electronic 
things that are dirty and wet, uh, and she pointed out that some had broken batteries, while others were still intact with working lights. Some scary noises and smoke coming from them, uh, according to what she wrote. Many were wet and damaged from being outside, littered. Laura also stressed in replies to comments that the answer lies in making more sustainable products rather than just focusing on waste management. Now, um, is this important? Well, we go first to a comment which is uh, written into the paper underneath the article and somebody from Sutton Coalfield. Um, So uh, this person said she joined or he joined a litter picking group this year in my community. To be honest, after a few outings, nothing shocks me anymore. My 13-year-old helps uh, too. Most of the rubbish is drug-related, cannabis farm um, bags, along with all the bottles of drink they could chew while they're watching it grow. Bags of drugs, gas canisters, and then the vapes, along with lots of everyday rubbish. A huge eye-opener, and I think I live in quite a nice area. I don't like sharing earth with these morons. Not my comment. That's what I'm reading. I think it's important to see what other people are saying as well as what we say. But, um, okay, you're a non-smoker as well, aren't you? Yeah, never smoked, never smoked. Uh, Well, none of the family smoke, do they? Our sons don't smoke and their wives don't smoke. So um, I'm from that sort of... um, um, well, a feeling. I just think it's horrible anyway. But um, going back to the um, get people getting money for basically being unemployed, I've often said to you, um, these people, these people, but people, rather than just sit around and get bored and watch the telly and just not do very much, why do, doesn't the government make it sort of... Um, uh, possible for them to be volunteers for their community i mean i've just volunteered today and i have done now for nearly 12 months um i go to a cat refuge and dog refuge and i just help with the clearing of the of the um, cages and things like that voluntary um and i feel sort of fulfilled when i come back that i've actually put something back into the community or helped the community I can't understand when when we go walking, um, when we see, um, you know, a tree that's got all weeds all around it. I mean, if these people are bored or want to keep their own community, I'm not talking about just their own town. Just go out for a few hours a day with a big bag, your your gloves on, your plastic gloves and, um, you know, don't pick things up and respect your community. Um, I mean, I'm not saying uh, that uh, people have to go out every day, but just do your road even. I mean, if everyone kept their road nice and clean, it would show the children and the teenagers, hopefully, to respect a bit more and okay, have put look, things in litter bins. I don't disagree with anything you've said. The point that I would like to bring in is that we're now switching from people who certainly are slobbing about and just treating the place like it doesn't matter how it sort of ends up. Mm. Um, So now, of course, I don't, as I say, I don't disagree with what you said, but the onus is on us to clear up after these people. Now, I don't know about you. I walk around uh, where we live. um, Okay, it's not in the UK, but we have seen it in various parts of the UK where we've worked and lived. Um, it's little things like picking up your dog dirt, things like people who smoke just chucking a cigarette end and, you know, people chucking everything. Now, of course, into the equation, you've got wind and you've got weather, which might make it difficult sometimes to quickly um, say, well, those are the people that are to blame. Because if things are swirling around in the in the wind, yes, there will be, um, you know, lots of stuff about which you yeah, can't I, know for sure where it's come from. But when it's a vape, somebody has knows. used it. Yeah, they know what they're doing when they just chuck it on the floor. And the same, how many times have we seen cans of um, Coca-Cola or whatever, Fanta, literally yards from a bin? Literally yards from a bin. How many masks, um, discarded masks, have we seen? Again, not far. You put them in your pocket. It's like common sense and courtesy and respect for your own I think that's the word, the respect. 
I think there's two words always that would create a lot of good and stop a lot of all the problems, which are, these two words are discipline and respect. Now, I think somebody who goes out and uh, vapes and chucks it on the floor has got absolutely no, no discipline. Respect. No, and no um, respect. I won't make a comment on vaping because that is totally different uh, in the respect of uh, th- there are other issues to be involved. Stick him solely with throwing them away when you've finished. Why the heck? Can't you, whoever you might be, walk the extra couple of yards to the bins which are provided for you, which other people empty for you and take to the trash place for you? Or take home. You've got all these in England. You've got recycle bins all parked outside the front door, which I think is horrible. You've got the facilities. You put them in your pocket. You take them home. You put them in the recycling bin. What could be simpler? Trouble is, you see, most people um, who would be listening to this probably would be the people who would pick them up like we would and you know put them in a bin bin. so uh please if you do happen to vape and um i don't like it i don't really understand it take uh, it home but you know i'm pretty sure that people listening to our podcast probably are not the people that are the perpetrators of this idiotic um, just uh, un- un- unnecessary. civil and unnecessary, unnecessary. behaviour. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on. Right, we'll go with this one. Now again, you see, um, I, I think this is another part of the jigsaw puzzle. Walking down the aisle solo, no bridesmaids and not cutting the cake in front of all your guests. According to a wedding expert who runs a wedding website, The Bridal Journey, these are just three trends guests may have to wrap their heads around in 2023. Earlier this month, social media star... You see, the thing is, if they keep telling people that the social media people are stars, then obviously all the sheep keep going along and bleating behind them. Um, But this one has amassed over 257,000 followers on Instagram, thanks to her wedding tips. Shared her predictions for the coming year, rather than extravagant weddings, celebrations spread over the entire weekend, the expert claimed that couples will be stripping things back this year. Part of uh, what I think is going on is editors look for these type of articles, which again, you see, is taking away part of the establishment. If you can have people who basically don't commit to each other, uh, then obviously you have a different type of society as we look at what the particularly uh, saying will be out for 2023. Let's take them one by one. Bridesmaids. Now, is it important to have bridesmaids? Well, um, yes and no. Yes and no. It it depends on your budget, basically, doesn't it? And how many uh, little ones or, or good friends or sisters that you've got in your family. I mean, it's supposed to be a massive um, commitment for life and a big celebration for both families. So obviously the bride and the, and the groom want to include their family, uh, their brothers and sisters. So it just depends. I mean, um, when we when I was married, uh, we I only had one bridesmaid. And um, that was basically, she was my best, best friend. And um, I thought, yeah, just one, that she's my important friend. Um, but yes, it, it depends on your budget. I mean, some people could just go to the church, be married in a church, and just have the two of them with mum and dad or the parents, close family, and go back and have a small meal in a pub, but a, a, a nice a nice occasion. But then if you've got the money... Um, and you want to spend it or your parents want to spend it i'm i'm quite happy with that because um the, the big thing is that they are they are supposed to be making a commitment for life um and people do say that um if you live together and you have children it's if you really have a commitment um it's better to do a a marriage commitment 
but nowadays a lot of people think, oh, it's only a piece of paper. But I believe that when you have made that commitment, it is different. You have a different um, a different feeling for one another about the commitment that both of you have made. Do you see my point about if they take away and strip down every single part of the uh, traditions, the established way of life that we've grown up with? Um, I mean, we'll take one or two of these others. Um, okay, I-, I can see that, for example, the garter toss is a rather stupid one. I mean, I've got to say, it, it wouldn't worry me if something like that went. Uh, walking down the aisle with your dad. I mean, that's that's got to be a lovely tradition for a dad who feels proud about uh, the fact that his daughter has, it, met, uh, he, has met somebody. And he has given, he's happy that he's going to look at, he, the man is going to look after his daughter. Now, I think... Um, it's silly uh, to, to cut away all those sort of things, but you can still have those things without spending a lot of money. But, but do, you, do you get my point that if you know you keep reading about how awful it is to get married, how costly it is to have? It doesn't uh, have a, to be though. Does no, it? well, exactly. But this is my point. I believe that there are forces deliberately looking for articles like this to make everybody think, well, what's the point of getting married? Yeah, I, I, Instead of giving the country the stability of couples staying together. I've heard a lot of that um, saying, oh, oh, you're not married. Oh, oh, no, 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 it's too expensive. We can't afford to get married. Come on. I mean, if you want to get married and you want to make a commitment legally, you go down to a registry office and get and do it legally. The, the saying that you can't afford a wedding is is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Okay, well we'll now, um, yeah, we'll expand this particular theme as we go to our next point. <laughs> Okay, so we go to the big uh, vexed question of the coronation of King Charles III this year. And uh, we'll see a resplendent crowning in London, a dazzling concert and street parties across the UK as the new monarch seeks to portray himself as the people's king. The official crowning will take place on May the 6th at Westminster Abbey, where His Majesty will shun royal garb in favour of military clothing in a bid to update the ceremony. A procession will then lead the newly crowned king past thousands of people who will line the streets to Buckingham Palace, where he will then join members of his family on the balcony to wave at the masses. The next day, Windsor Castle is set to host a concert which will be televised around the world with thousands of street parties earlier in the afternoon as people gather to celebrate the occasion. This will be followed by a bank holiday on Monday with millions of people set to get a day off work. So, um, comments. Here's somebody, Northern Lass from Sunderland. Let's see what the Northern Lass says. Uh, Apparently inviting refugees and NHS workers. No. How about inviting some pensioners and some NHS volunteers? Charles is out of touch with the people. We don't want these illegal people who are sucking the money out of us to be rewarded. I didn't read that part from the article in what we said, so that's part of the article. And then a comment from Mr. Muckle. Now, I notice he writes everywhere, this guy. Um, So why is the taxpayer spending even one penny on the coronation of a king who associates with and fully supports the agenda of the World Economic Forum? The plans of that sinister organisation are not in the best interests of ordinary people. Our king's association with the WEF shows him to be a pompous elitist who has utter contempt for his subjects. Totally agree. <laughs> I mean, my feeling, and I don't know, I'm not anti-royalist, but 
I don't know whether people feel the same or I think I have spoken to a few people that feel the same. But I honestly think that he should abdicate. He's, I think, 77, Vince? I don't know. 70-something. 76. 76. He's um, committed adultery, had committed adultery for many, many years. He's a divorcee. The Queen Consulate, which I hate saying, she is a divorcee. Why the heck would you want somebody that has misbehaved from, I would say, I don't know how long he was going out with Camilla before Diana, but quite a, quite a few years. Why should we give him any respect? He should do the right thing, abdicate and let um, William and Kate take over a new generation who I think, on the face of it, are doing much better things than he is. They're more of a people, uh, queen and queen, uh, king, than he will ever, ever be. He'll never get respect from millions of people. In, and it's all, it's all show. And I, I totally disagree. I hope that has, hasn't upset a lot of people, but I think he should do the right thing, abdicate and give it to his son. But, you okay. know, uh, living here in Spain, you will meet a lot of royalists, a lot who don't see anything wrong with he anything. He deserve it, though, does he? No, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's a lot of people that live in other countries who seem to reflect back to Britain without the same experience of the people um, maybe that live there. You know, I, I, I think, for example, um, OK, if you try and empathise with why would they see so much good in Charles? Now, for example, there was the Prince's Trust, which um, I was involved with in a slight degree, because obviously we'd had we'd have uh, young kids who'd come, say, like to the Ports and Light Boys Club to join the Judo Club for three months, so that they do part of their uh, Prince's Trust, fulfil their obligations. Um, in essence, I think there were a lot of good things in the Prince's Trust. Yeah, but but did, did he suggest it, or was he advised to do it? And he's the head of it. You know, you know, like the 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 um, lots of other people. Oh, this will be good for you. Good for the good for your image. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because it's a fantastic thing, but it was it originally his idea. I don't think so. Well, okay, um, we'll never know these things. Uh, we've gone through a period of time when footballer Marcus Rashford. Uh, has been the greatest ambassador for, you know, young kids needing uh, food to have food. So, uh, you know, do we attribute the idea to Marcus Rashford or probably some, uh, dare I say, maybe even a socialist idea who, who that wanted maybe um, to get that anyway? Yeah, but, and Marcus but, Rashford was the guy that they chose to be the front man. Yeah, but Marcus Rashford has come from an ordinary uh, working family, hasn't he? not like Prince Charles, uh, an elite family that he's never had to want anything in his life and never will. Why doesn't he just, you know, live his life, have a, you know, do his, do his bit, but he doesn't have to be the king. He just because he, he um, I don't know. Well, if you, just, no, you see, you're following the line, aren't you? Um, in fact, you're sounding more like things I would say than probably I have said, actually. I, I'm quite surprised that you feel quite strongly about certain things because... Um, I have to say, um, I disliked so many things about royalty that when I left the UK, I felt really as if I was coming away from something I didn't want to be part of. Now, the work that the Queen did and the way that she represented herself and her um, title was just amazing for me. I think that she was a wonderful woman yeah. and I think that... Uh, to actually have... She had standards, didn't she? I mean, she didn't even go to Charles's wedding, which tells you a, a multi multiple things. She didn't agree with it, but she, basically she couldn't do anything about it in the end. I think she hung on to be queen for as long as possible uh, because she didn't particularly think Charles was up to it. I think the thing for my money, uh, when you look through history and you see... Uh, Edward the Sixth, I think it was, and and uh, Mrs. Simpson, and mm. the fact that he did he, the right thing. He stood down. Now that's doing the right thing. I think 
with Charles, he's always been the king in waiting. He's never sort of, you, you never felt that he would uh, make particularly the best king that we, we would ever see. I mean, that that's my own personal view. Um, but it made it far worse when you realise that the, the head of the royal family, the king, um, was always going to be the was going to be the head of the Church of England. Now that to me is where the hypocrisy comes in. Exactly. For exactly. me, if you're going to be the head of something, and I don't care um, really what we're talking about in these type of matters, the head of a company, certainly the head of government, e.g., Boris Johnson whipping out and lying in front of the TV cameras. Um, but certainly the king, if he's going to be the example. head of the church, he has to be setting the example. Exactly. And I'm, I'm sorry, you know, it doesn't matter how sweetly Camilla might smile at everybody. I just really will never see anything other than a plot to get rid of Diana. Yeah, well, she was waiting, wasn't she, until obviously they were divorced, but they were waiting at a certain amount of time, you know, years. I think it was five or six years, wasn't it, before they got married. But she she intended to, to get her position for many years, I think. Okay, um, without a character assassination, which, you know, it's easy to become... Uh, those are my reasons for not liking what's happening. Um, but, uh, you know, I also feel that you've got to a stage where monarchy is under threat all the time. When you look at the performance of uh, Prince Andrew and then uh, Prince Harry to a lesser degree, because I do feel that maybe washing his linen in public is not the right way to go. But I can understand why he feels about certain things. Um, you know, it probably would be a lot better that he just kept his counsel because I don't think people had really hated him. I think it was just that he was starting to say things that really um, would be better to be in-house, so to speak. Yeah, but when you say that, you know, when somebody's depressed or um, got problems because they're suppressing things that are happening in their life, He's obviously suppressed lots of things that he's been told by the family and by his advisors. Oh, you can't say that. You can't make that public. It's got to be a secret within these walls. So he's had this sort of uh, terrible feeling about his life and what, what he's seen. And I think now he's broken away. He wants to cleanse himself a little bit uh, and let people know that things aren't as rosy uh, behind closed doors as, uh, you know, the, the, the um, establishment wanted to be. Um, and I think it's a release for him to let people know the truth. I think it's very, very strange. The British are a funny lot, really, or, or we English, shall we say, um, because if you actually look at uh, the trends of all these uh, going to um, uh, maybe therapy and having a hypnotherapist or a psychotherapist sort you out. Uh, you know, Harry is tailor-made for those sort of problems. And he did go off the rails when he was sort of late teens, early 20s. And then I thought he got himself back on yeah. track. You know, When he I, went to the military, I think he really saw himself as a different person. But then you don't say... Things like, I killed so many Taliban. I mean, you don't say things like that. Yeah, but it was in a war situation, Vince. Yeah, I know, but you don't you don't brag about it. No, you don't say it, yeah. Then again, when you look at sort of the Andrew situation, you know, we had... It's all forgotten, isn't it? We had something going through... Well, no, it isn't. It's the sort of... I read that they're trying to get a, you know, the amount of money that's going to be necessary to fight other claims that are going to likely go through the courts and uh, and then you, you you put that on one side and look at the fantastic work done by Princess Anne. She, I mean, she's yeah. been wonderful. Yeah. She really uh, hardly put a foot wrong, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Prince Edward doesn't really put a foot wrong. Yeah. And I think William is certainly a guy going the right way. who basically the country could well be proud of. So... Why do you think they are talking about shunning royal garb in favour of military clothing? 
Why would Charles want to? Is, does he want to show people that he's some sort of well, a, exactly. a man? He's trying to. I don't know what he's trying to do, but I mean, he's not modern, is he? He's trying to make out to the public that he's doing the right thing by that. But he's still having a massive, massive uh, thing that's going to be inviting people from all over the world, coming on aeroplanes, using the you know the fuel and all that carry on. He's still going to have all that. So he's only making a very small contribution to supposed change. I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree with this at all, you know. OK, our apologies to anybody who are definite royalists. I can understand clearly why you might want to see a big um, pageant and celebrations. Uh, because when yeah, Britain... but, not, but not with him. Yeah, but when, when Britain does it well, they do do it really well. And I can understand people who like that sort of thing. But um, sorry, Camilla, I'm afraid not the right person for me. Let's move on. Um, where are we going next? We'll go to this one. <laughs> Okay, so the parents of a man who has sparked controversy. So why has he um, sparked controversy? Well, he was dating a young woman trapped in the body of an eight-year-old girl. Now, these are the sort of stories that really tend to be turning the newspapers, with them being online, I suppose I should still call them uh, the, the newspapers, um, but they're making it more like comic strips at times. Um, so so uh, they've insisted the couple are just friends. There's this guy, he's 26, and he's been romantically linked to a particular lady, 23, after they featured on a reality TV show in the USA. And I don't know about you, but that's another area which has become ridiculous, the reality TV show. This particular Briton has been accused of being a creep and being attracted to three foot ten inch tall Shauna because she looks like a, ch a child, a kid as they say. But his parents, who live in a small rural village in North Wales, have leapt to his defence, claiming their relationship is not romantic, despite them going on dates on her I Am Around Ray TV show in America. Just suffice it to be, it's a TV show in America. Um, so, somebody from the United States, let's see what they think about this. So, exactly how tall does a woman need to make, uh, to make it okay uh, with people who have never met her, allowing her to date? Before a guy goes on a date with a woman, should he have a, to ask strangers if the woman is tall enough for him to date? Would these same people be upset if a short guy was getting uh, ready to date a really tall woman? She's a grown adult and has been through enough in her life. It is none of your business how tall a person she dates is. And I don't know about you, I think that that exactly, exactly sums right. it up for me. Exactly. I mean, we've got a friend who's four foot six, I think. Um, and her husband must be nearly six foot. They do look a bit, a bit not to say peculiar, but different. No, well, but no, he never thought about her being small. Not balanced, maybe. Yeah, they're not yeah. balanced, but she's perfectly uh, adult in every, in every way. Um, no, I think that's absolutely ridiculous to say because she's small that he shouldn't go out with her or have a relationship or whatever. Um, I'll, I'll get back to the paper in a minute and I'll find there's another one that really did... I, I wasn't really going to put it in because, quite honestly, it, this is it's like becoming the news of the world. Uh, there used to be a paper in the UK, which I think they used to nickname it the news of the screws, if you remember. Yeah. And, and always it was stories of tacky sexual stuff, which basically uh, this is an innuendo on this particular uh, thing, because obviously what they do is that they get a picture which um, they want to put in the paper because they want to sell papers. Let's be honest about it. They they want to sell their uh, trash. Um, and if they don't want to do it that way, then they've got to go online and get the advertising through that way. 
but uh, the the picture is really what they um, they're trying to sell, which is a picture of a very hunky. It's got to be stripped off when they take the picture, of course. You know, with his six pack and the he goes. I think he does windsurfing or something. And then they've got this very small. Uh, but when you actually look at her face, you can see that it's an older person. You know, and you can see that obviously um, that there is some sort of maybe uh, physical attribute which is not the norm. But then again, you see, are we getting anywhere near what the norm means these days? What do you think? Well, I mean, that's the whole point in in life, isn't it? Everyone's different. I mean, I'd, I'd hate it if we were all the regular size and all the regular, you know, everything. The whole beauty of uh, the earth is that Everyone has their own personality, their own individuality. So to, I'd hate it to put somebody in a box because they're small. Or I mean, what about the reverse? About when men and women are well over six foot, come up to seven foot. That's that's going to be hard. You know, buying clothes, shoes, and all that carry on. Um, <laughs> at least with a small person, they can uh, possibly get teenager or child's clothes uh, to fit them. So, but. Joking all apart, uh, you know that's what what life's about: big, small, vive medium, la difference. Exactly, average. You know. Incidentally, a few minutes ago, I mentioned about um, the, the the Prince Andrew thing. Uh, I'm reading the headline just to make sure that people realise I wasn't just gossiping. Uh, Prince Andrew assembles ten million pound war chest to launch legal case against accuser Virginia Joffrey. But US lawyers tell him he should forget it and be grateful he's not in jail over the Epstein scandal. Now, in actual fact, I think there's a bit of truth in that, isn't there? He should be grateful because you can't deny things like that. I mean, uh, and it was all hushed up. up. The Queen took um, uh, sort of um, advantages, not advantages, uh, took, um, what's um, Advantages. What she, are you trying she, to say? She, she stopped him having certain things, did she? Like she took titles. exception. Yeah, no titles. She stopped him having titles. You don't um, do that um, if you're not disgraced, basically. Well, look, um, I, I, I suppose, really, I think we've got to try and again get a perspective on everything. Uh, because otherwise you just go by what the newspaper's headline is. And um, that's all as far as you think about Um when Andrew was doing what he was doing, and I don't think there's much doubt that he was, was yeah. they were different days, they were different times. The only thing is, most of the people that he hung out with weren't getting the sort of money that he's given by the royal purse, which means that he's got to behave in a certain way. And I'm sorry, um, that's about really where the difference comes in. Yeah, but once uh, Epstein had been... Um found guilty of the crime he should have just cut off all relationships with him but he didn't i'm going to go back to this uh, idea that i was saying about the the papers becoming more and more like the gutter stuff that used to appear in the talk uh, of the news of the world now there's a guy i don't know this guy called alec baldwin i don't do you, do you know that name no. it is in the news anyway so this is creepy it says Alec Baldwin is blasted for caption with sexually suggestive innuendo between wife and son in first post since involuntary manslaughter charge. Now, okay, I've not covered that story. I don't know what it's all about. It's not somebody that I really want to get involved with. But certainly I'm looking at a little little boy of about six and um, he's got this sort of they've caught him in a little pose Nothing to do with sexual. He wants to give his his mum a little back rub. Now, I would never, ever th- immediately think that that's a sexual to, thing. And they, they try to turn it into something sexual. They try to make things look... I mean, we were horrified, weren't we, when um, they started trying to say that grandparents couldn't have the, chil- the, the grandchildren on their knee and bounce them up and down, like we've done for flipping centuries. Give them a hug, give them a kiss... Let them come and lie in bed with you if they're staying over. You know, they sit in the middle. Um, I mean, all our children, the three of them, all used to get into bed and we used to have a, a really good laugh. But you wouldn't, 
you wouldn't do it now because of what people might say, you know, that it's uh, it's not the done thing. You know, if, um, for instance, the grandchildren said in school, oh, I was in dad, in bed, sorry, with granddad. I mean, people then could turn that into something actually horrendous. Okay, let's go back. Let's revisit what I've been saying for a long time, which is basically when I went back to college and studied, I was 36 and I was looking at studying in a totally different way because I had a family uh, and I had responsibilities and I had all a different lifestyle than a lot of the kids that go and study in the colleges. So... I went and I read the Communist Party Manifesto and in it they clearly say to defeat capitalism you defeat the family. Now what you were just saying is exactly the area that I've been warning people about ever since I read that. I thought well that's exactly during the um, the, the lockdown what were we being told you, you know you can't give your your, your, your your cuddle to your family in case you give them the germs and everything. Um, I mean, everything was trying to defeat members of the family interacting with each other. And I'm afraid what you were just saying is exactly where it was for me. OK, uh, let's go to our next article. And... Um, right. <laughs> Okay, so um, I'm looking at articles in the newspaper. Um, It's not a comic. It's supposed to be giving us news. It's supposed to be giving us serious news. And I object to it becoming more and more like the Beano and the Dandy. If I want to buy a comic, I can go out and buy a comic. If I want to read the newspapers, um, I want to read serious issues that are going to affect my life. And uh, I've got to think a bit more about whether or not I need to react to the news that I'm being given. Prisoners are looking after therapy ducks to help them go straight and turn their backs on gang culture. I, I have to read that twice. Prisoners looking after therapy ducks to help them go straight and turn their backs on gang culture. Her Majesty's Prison Dovegate in Staffordshire introduced the waterfowl as part of its pest-assisted therapy scheme to encourage prisoners to stop re-offending. The four ducks which come from a local rescue centre are not the only meditative tool that has been introduced at the Circo Run facility. Inmates at the Category B facility can also benefit from in-cell yoga, chess, a choir and plots to grow vegetables and flowers. Okay, am I the only person that's outraged by this? Let me just read a comment uh, from North Norfolk. Yep, that will sort out uh, crime and punishment system in the UK. Soon the prisoners will be empty and crime will be eradicated. Hooray! So is that cynicism? Is that uh, being sarcastic? That's for you to decide. Then another one from Glasgow. A better idea would to take them outside in small groups under guard and let them do work in the community to help out poverty-stricken people in the community. Then they can see firsthand how honest people struggle with their day-to-day living. Okay. Are you in favour of ducks for prisoners? <laughs> no, no. That is not going to change anything. I mean, apart from, uh, yes, they'd be kind to the duck while they're in prison, but it's not going to make any difference when they come out of prison. Uh, but, I mean, sometimes this the gun culture and the knife culture that's rife at the moment in England or maybe even all over the world is, um, I would think, definitely gang-related. Gang-related and drug-related, and it's going to be... I don't think it'll ever be eradicated to the extent that it'll never happen because people... Basically, I would say people are greedy. The people that are making the money with the drugs, especially, uh, are just greedy, selfish, horrible people, 
and uh, it'll never, I don't think it'll ever change. I think the biggest problem that we've got, which nobody seems to want to address, and I don't see any articles particularly, every now and again maybe just, just an odd one, but people don't seem to know just how dangerous the TV is. You know, people, um, young people, um, many of them, they're busy. I know that because we've been through the same stage in life when it's so difficult to work and get everything that people these days seem to consider necessities. I'm not too sure whether or not they've really understood what the word necessity means. Luxuries, I understand that word far better. But um, I think to put a child in front of a TV screen these days is ultra dangerous. Um, Now, we don't necessarily have the television that we take out with us when we go out on parade, around the streets, etc. But the one thing I've seen a lot of, and I hate to see this, is when um, maybe it's a very busy mum and a very busy dad. I don't care. Don't give your child the phone or the iPad. I'm afraid that is a very, very dangerous road for my way of thinking. Mm. I mean, for, for a child... The way we were brought up, and hopefully we've brought our own ch- three children up, is the most precious thing that you can give your own children is your time. I mean, how many times do you see uh, or hear a child say, "I never see Daddy. Mummy's always working." Um, they, you know, they get totally, you know, there's five pounds. Uh, go buy yourself something or whatever, or go watch the television. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't happen at all because I know in our own family uh, they read stories at bedtime, they, go, they take them to bed, they go out without spending money. You don't have to spend money. You can go to the park, you can use your, if you've got a little bike, but parks are free if you've got a park near you. Uh, but the most precious, precious thing you can give any child growing up is time, listen and be interested in what they're doing. And hopefully reading, writing, drawing, anything. It doesn't have to be hours, but at least give them a bit of time when you come in from work. We're all tired. But a child, I think a lot of people don't see that children can see what's happening. They can see parents arguing in the kitchen. They can hear them. They can hear them arguing when they're in bed um, or, you know, drinking or whatever it might be. But... That seems to have gone a little bit, that um, parents want to give their children their time and show them right from wrong. Well, even out in the street or in the shopping centres, if you've got a parent who is trying to make sure the child behaves and the child is kicking off, as all children do, you've got people now almost casting daggers at the parent when probably, that's probably a much better parent than many of the people who were criticising. Because they're saying, no, you can't have something, instead of just saying, you know, giving in. Uh, just, let's just to lighten up to finish off with, that we've just been down to Benidorm and uh, we saw a duck shop. This is a shop and it's filled to the brim with little plastic ducks. And I looked at that and thought, well, hang on. How many ducks are you going to sell to stay in business? Okay, there were lots of ducks there. And just out of interest, I believe you asked how much they were. Well, I just couldn't believe it. They weren't just your yellow duck. They were all sort of um, characters. You know, there might have been a Superman duck. There might have been um, Batman duck. You know, all painted differently. Um, And I thought, I've walked past it a few times, and I thought, I'll just go and see if they're maybe a euro for two or a euro for three. I might get them for the kids to put in the bath. I I was absolutely amazed. She said, nine euros, 90. I looked at her, and she started laughing, and I started laughing. I said, you're not serious. She goes, yeah, she said, said, I can't believe it myself. And she was working there. to Europe Calling. Items in the news during the week that you might not have seen. Today's special guest with Vince Tracy is Barbara Ann. It's Europe Calling.
A big thank you to Barbara Ann for filling in, for standing in very, very well for Neil. You're who... very welcome, Vince. Very welcome. And uh, f- thank you for listening. We're back, obviously, next week. Bye now. Hey!